This is such an absolute privilege to have the most special guest who Bezad and I adore and actually the entire Midwest adores. Um, she's been called the Oprah of the Midwest and she's worked over two decades, I believe. Um, just uh, sharing her heart and her lighthearted but in-depth uh, journalism as a television host and people just love her and so um, I first met her dear sister Katie or Bitsy and yes and she uh, lived really close to Toxy Free and we just uh, hit it off from the very first moment of talking with so many things that we found in common about farm food and soil and you know just these incredible things and uh we had Bezad and i had the privilege of delivering our farm food to her home once a week um we adore her husband as well they're just the most thoughtful and then gosh probably a year into it she texted me um my, did you know that my sister is a TV host and I've been telling her a lot about you and she might just show up with the camera one day. Is that okay? <laughs> and I'm like, of course. And so when you and I finally met, um, it was, again, another just match made in heaven. Since then, I've met your mom, such a beautiful family. Um, I met your other sister before I met you and all of you just your eyes sparkle you're so present for people listening um, encouraging supporting and then when you talk more in the conversation you just find this really thoughtful like um, view of the world where you've uh, investigated so many things on your own and really people um, well, I'm just going to say this person is Elizabeth Reese and she has a daily Monday through Friday television host show, uh, Twin Cities Live on KSTP. But when you explore more like your Instagram account, you have a personal blog called Home to Homestead. You and Marjorie Punnett have an amazing podcast that is so incredibly successful all of these things are really in place to serve and help others like sharing your experience with growing your own food and having chickens right in the city and just being really um, intentional with your purchases and what you put in your body and on your body and so that's why I just have such a just true love for you and I'm so grateful you're here and I've been learning things about you too and was hoping that you might start by sharing like how you got on this path happy to that's like oh. the nicest introduction and the admiration is so mutual and now I just think all the time like when I'm buying something like would Laura approve of this <laughs> like is would this be carried in toxic radio or like what what part of the journey am i on here um thank you it's so nice to yes. be here and i love spending time with you i adore you and bezad i remember katie my sister bitsy who we call her bitsy talking about you and 
just saying she's like one of us, like she's like us and, and um, feeling particularly, I think, you know, when we, when we met, it was in a t- the time of COVID and people feeling so out of control about their health and so fearful and, you know, what you do and what I've always really leaned on it, particularly through that time is just that inner knowing that there isn't just one thing that makes up health that you don't have to be afraid of this one thing that it really is becomes super empowering when you understand that there are all sorts of avenues that you can take and explore in terms of having great health so that to me was just so i I don't know i mean i know my sister for sure really needed you during that time and all the time but you you have been such a gift to us um, and I know you're just a gift to every single person who comes in contact with you. I mean, I rave about you to everybody. You know that oh I adore God. you. So, um, but it's interesting because it goes back when we talk about, you know, you talk about my family um, and sort of our family values were something that definitely laid the groundwork for the the sort of salmon swimming upstream life that I consider myself living um, because my parents both lost a parent really young to cancer. And this was something that was really talked about a lot in our house because um, my dad's mom died from fallopian tube cancer and she died five days before I was born. So my dad became a father for the first time and lost his mother in the same week. I mean, that feels like very overwhelming to me. And then my mom's dad who was just beloved by everyone. I mean, I, I still meet people who are like, my my dad loved your grandpa, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And he died at 48 of colon cancer. And it was really devastating and left behind five children. And um, mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, my parents really getting into juicing, like this was in the 80s. And so uh, juicing was like real hot and juicing still is hot, you know, <laughs> yeah. juicing is juicing. So, I remember as a kid them like pulling out the juicer all the time and having and they would start us on like carrot and apple and then they would start adding ginger and then they would start adding citrus and then they would start adding lemon and like all these greens and things like that until we were just like really adept at like just taking down a green juice when we were probably like 12 you know i mean and that that was definitely not the norm in the 80s but at the same time there was like a real juxtaposition because i mean we also had a house full of like lucky charms i mean that was the reality and like tons of processed food so i remember then kind of like trying to figure out that balance a little bit i also remember my mom saying and like let me just be very clear that my mom was never pressured us about like our weight or like made comments about our body but i do remember one time her saying this is why like you got to be watch what you say to your kids i remember her saying like you know you can just eat like as much white rice as you want and you'll be like healthy and and never gain weight (laughs) isn't that funny i remember her saying she would be like mortified that that I remember her saying that, but that was like the time, you know, it was in the low fat era. I remember, I remember yes. we had Snackwell's cookies in our, and, and it wasn't like anyone was like pressuring us to not be fat. It was just, mm-hmm. that was the culture around processed food. So mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, I, I don't want to like mislead and think that we just like grew up in this like hippie commune where we only drank green juices. Cause that certainly <laughs> wasn't the case, but I do remember that being fundamental and that kind of, laying the groundwork 
for where I ended up. And then, um, and then in college was a big turning point for me. There were kind of like a few big moments throughout my life that have, um, that have just like propelled me forward on this journey. I mean, meeting you would certainly be a, a big part of that in my, as I turned 40, but in college, um, I took a part-time job working for Aveda and I worked at the store at the mall at Southdale in um, mm-hmm. the Twin Cities. And then I worked at the one in Madison. I went to school at, U- at UW and college was like a big turning point for me with that because um, uh, Horst Ruckelbacher, who is the founder of Aveda, an absolute visionary, um, he, I remember getting that job and they handed you a book that you read about sort of like the values and the lifestyle. And it was, and back then it was very much like practiced what was preached. And Horst Reckelbacher's famous quote was everything that you put in and on your body must be nutritious and safe. And Mm -hmm. so that was a real turning point for me as I started to learn about, oh, wow, like what we put on our bodies mattered. His big thing. And when I met him years later, we ended up becoming very good friends. My husband and I actually got married on his property um, at his home in Osceola, (laughs) Wisconsin. So he became like a surrogate grandfather to me. But um, then I didn't know him at all. I just like worked at the mall, you know. And, um, but I remember later when I met him, him talking about lipstick being like such a huge thing. And if you change, if you could change one product that you put on on a daily basis, mm-hmm. if you could just change the lipstick that you would transform, it would you'd begin to transform because we consume so much of our lipstick or like mm-hmm. lip balms, any of our lip products. But particularly women wear it more than men, and then we end up consuming it and that all of that is going right into our bodies and particularly when you think about like what's the color like what is in the color I'm like now I'm like oh gosh you know <laughs> um I actually just switched out a, a my coworker was using like regular chapstick and I was like okay this isn't gonna work for us so I b- brought him a Dr. Bronner's one <laughs> changed it out for him that is so sweet oh my gosh um yeah, so, so what, those were a couple of big moments. Um, so what I, I'm thinking about, which is so incredible for you, was that your parents were somehow connecting the food. Like they were bringing in this juicing when mm-hmm. they didn't see it anywhere mm-hmm. as like preventative or something that was connected to the pain of losing a parent so young. Absolutely. That's totally Uh true. And that, and I remember even conversations um, about, you know, I remember us reading, like, I I think my parents bought us or like bought us a book on the Gerson Clinic, which, you know, is in Germany and in Mexico and has a completely like revolutionary, very alternative um, cancer treatment protocol. And so I remember understanding food as related to cancer. Cancer was a big conversation because it was just so top of mind for my parents because Mm -hmm. they'd watch their parents go through that Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to go through that themselves, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I remember that being like top of mind, even having conversations about like, if one of us would die, were were diagnosed with cancer, what would we, you know, what would we explore? And I'm not saying, you know, I always want to be clear that this isn't like I think that um, 
you know, that there's no place for Western medicine or that that isn't important or that chemotherapy hasn't been really life-saving for a lot of people. But any doctor will tell you that there are a lot of downsides to chemotherapy and that if they could Mm -hmm. pick a more ideal treatment for cancer, they would pick out a better treatment for cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like a bomb goes off in your body. So Mm -hmm. I think that, um, but just understanding though, that you don't have to always just go the mainstream way that you want to look critically at what are the options for healthcare treatments what are the options and understanding that you know we live in a capitalist society in which different people are pushing different agendas for different purposes and so mm-hmm looking critically at those things is important to make the right decision for you, not just based on what you think you're supposed to do because of whatever kind of marketing. Exactly. And just having that awareness that there could be a connection, yes. you know, that is something like people could take from today, listening, watching that this, there's a connection Yeah, because, you know, we're, especially in the United States, we're, we just born into and really that's why toxic free exists because everything around us is just the one choice mm-hmm. you know it's like the grocery store but people from outside of our country say i couldn't find any food in your grocery stores you know so there's a real uh difference of what people consider nourishing healthy right. whole foods and things that are that we learn our food possibilities. And for me, once I made that switch in my mind that, oh, food for the purpose of being a healthy human, of having my cells perform the way I want them is plants and animals. Like that's the reality. (laughs) That's it. You know, and that's hard to find. Mm in the US. I know it's hard and it's it's hard on a daily basis. And it's like, you know, I think too, it gets tricky because food is food isn't just fuel, right? I mean, food (laughs) is about emotions and connection and traditions and celebrations and all of and sorrow. I mean, everything involving like everything that we go through in our life, we have certain foods that we consume at those certain times. I mean, that is all (laughs) steeped so deeply in tradition. And so that can be really challenging. I mean, I even remember like when I had a baby and I didn't do the smash cake where they like eat the cake, where I buy this like giant sugary cake and then you give your one-year-old, they've never had sugar before. And by the way, like the American Academy of Pediatrics, even they don't recommend any added sugar for any child under the age of two. But then you sit there and you see these kids like crushing this cake. And I remember people feeling like, you know, friends of mine being like, you're not doing you're not doing this cake thing. Like, how are you not doing this cake thing? And I was like, well, number one, my child has she's allergic to dairy. And Mm -hmm. um, so and she had eczema. And so we were not doing any sort of like any foods that were remotely inflammatory. I had removed Mm -hmm. completely because I was nursing and then for her too. And, and I did end up like, I don't know, I think for her first birthday, I think we got cake and everybody at the party ate it except for me and Bernie. And Mm -hmm. we were the ones who were really being celebrated because I don't know if you remember, but I birthed her and then she was turning one. Like it was such an interesting, it's an interesting thing. 
So I know it can feel hard because there was a little bit of grief with that for me. It's just mm -hmm. feeling like because we were going through those health challenges at that point, which I'm sure you mm -hmm. went through this a lot, Laura, as you were going mm -hmm. through like your health journey of just the grief of letting go of that this part of the celebration isn't going to be there. And it doesn't mean that it can't still be great and it can't still be yes. great on the other side and that you find other things. But I think it's important to be okay with as you're, if you're transitioning out of things or you're making different choices to be okay with being a little bit sad about that and, and mm -hmm. letting that go because that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. I can't stop thinking, have you ever read the book, The Perfect Health Diet? No. Oh, it, it's a good one. And oh. um, in there, I remember they talked about a pedi the oldest pediatrician, practicing pediatrician who was, I don't know, 103 still practicing. And then they described how she had retired then, but was celebrating her 110th birthday, something, you know, and someone um, said to her, you know, oh, why aren't you eating the cake? And she's like, well, I haven't eaten cake in 80 years. Like, this is the reason why I'm celebrating my 110th birthday. And it just was like, I think what for me in my personal life, I, I didn't ever make the connection, you know, because just like you said, it's, well, you have to have cake at your birthday, mm -hmm. you know, and I, because that's just what you're born into, what everyone does. And I haven't for several years and I'm like happier than I was when I would eat like a whole cake, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I just, um, I just want to be, and that's why we're doing this, a place that other, that people can see other choices, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, like you said, feeling like a salmon swimming upstream on your own. It can be like, well, you know, I'm going to just choose this other way so that I can be with my family or, yeah. you know, and that was another thing that I was really surprised. Um, you know, I feel lucky that I have the autoimmune disease because I do have to be diligent. But what I found was I actually enjoyed my time with my family so much more mm -hmm. because when my brain used to be hijacked with those sugary Oh my gosh, I literally could eat the whole cake myself. Like, you know, but I would it didn't do well in my with my body, but um I wasn't like I'm really present for my my people. Like I'm not thinking about the cake and how I'm really want to eat it, but I'm going to gain weight and I shouldn't eat it and but I want to eat it. You know, like that would all go through my mind at the birthday party yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then i'm I, not really there with oh my, my gosh i can so relate to that or even like having the cake around and then thinking about it and then if it's gone i don't have to eat it and you know yes. what's interesting about that i've been thinking about that a lot because i've been really focusing even just recently um well particularly over like the last six months of just really focused on getting enough protein in my body. I mean, and I know that sounds, that can sound kind of like a diety, like macro counting sort of a thing, <laughs> which I get, but yeah, I actually did start, I did start counting my macros and like weighing how much protein I was eating because I was just thinking like, I am tired. I, I don't know 
what if 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 I'm eating the right amount and I mean I found that my protein intake was so low like some days my protein intake was like 50 grams of protein and like that's that's not enough for me that's not enough for mm-hmm. me at this time in my life or my my for my stature for anything of that and um and the once and I always thought I was like addicted to sugar. I was like, I have a sugar addiction. I like think about sugar. I if I had Reese's peanut butter cups in my house, like I would always want to eat them. I think like that's yeah. that's just how it is. When I started fueling my body properly oh, yes. and eating like eating enough and really yes. like you know, like this morning, and I've told you about, you know, my breakfast, but like I do pasture raised eggs. And again, like everybody's different with what fits well with them, but pasture raised eggs. I do some really great sheep's or goat's milk cheese, um, a bunch of smoked salmon and usually like a vegetable. Like today I did spinach, um, you know, and it was just like frozen spinach that I like had thought out and I put it in with the eggs Mm -hmm. and I just made this big thing. I, and I counted it up and what I consumed was 42 grams of protein. And then I had bone broth, 16 ounces of bone broth a little bit after that. Mm -hmm. So that's about 10, 10 grams of protein per cup. So I was at about 62 by um, 10 a.m. And I mean, I just don't feel any sort of like panicked craving because I've started the day with just total nourishing food that is just like my cells want, my body wants. I feel like settled and it's and now, you know, I know that you and Bezad don't drink coffee, but I love coffee, Laura. So, and I drink great coffee. It's really clean. It doesn't mold. It's all these things. It's really wonderful. It's organic. Um, but I drink coffee now, not because I need the caffeine to keep going. I just yes. drink it because like, I love the ritual. I love it. I like, you know, do the whole thing. But, um, but it's a, it's a different, even just the shift, regardless of like how you feel about, um, I don't know, your health or whatever, but even the control to get to say, I I might have a cupcake or go and have cake somewhere. Like I'm not at the, I don't have an autoimmune disease. I'm not at the like 100%. But when I'm making that choice, I'm making it with intention and I'm making it with control, not making it out of this like my body like sees the cake and I'm so undernourished that it's like, oh, that seems quick. That's easy. Let's get it. Let's go. You know, yes. I'm not making the choice based on that anymore. And that feels that's that's like priceless. That's been like the best shift that I didn't I didn't get to that point until probably I mean, really in the last six months when I started looking at it, but really in the last few years, it took me a long time to get to that place. Totally. And then you're because you're providing yourselves what they crave, you know, and so Mm -hmm. that and just putting I often talk about that with like toxin free things, too, you know, is just like you're filling your really your um, savings account, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just putting healthy food, nutrient-dense food, and healthy belongings, and you're just, so then, exactly like that, when you do need an item that has toxins in it, or, you know, some cake, or, yeah, you, you have built this bank up, yeah, and for me, I just hadn't built the bank up, so Mm -hmm. it, it felt like I was ruled 
by the food instead of like what you just described here. Right. And that's where the happiness came. And then the other thing that uh, I love hearing from you and reading in your most amazing blog, (laughs) Home to Homestead, I love this, because I had never heard anyone else say it and I thought I was just, you know, crazy or something. But (laughs) this is another benefit um, is the every time I did something like prepared my food, even though I didn't know how to cook, but since then I've done prepared my nutrient dense food every day. It like brings so much uh, fulfilling happiness, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm really taking care of myself on a deep level. And you described the meditative quality, which I'm like, why go to a meditation class when this is so fulfilling and calming? And, you know, it's like, um, it's an added benefit that I never knew. No one ever talked about I still have never heard except from reading one of your blogs. Oh, you're so my blog. Well, the blog, um, you know, the blog started over 10 years ago. And it's, it's been through highs and lows. I mean, there's been times when I haven't posted at all, I kind of just consider it like this little place that I can always go back to. Um, But it started with documenting how much I loved to garden and to grow things and how I really felt passionate about the title, which is home to homestead, which means that any home can become a homestead. You can incorporate homesteading principles into any home. And when I started the blog, Jay and I lived at, um, in a little bungalow in the middle of the city in Minneapolis. We've been Minneapolis urban residents. Um, I grew up in a suburb, but I've lived in the city for 15 years and, um, and consider myself like a pretty, like close to the earth, living being in the city. We had 0.13 of an acre and we had a garden in the backyard with raised beds. Um, We've had chickens for over a decade. And um, and what really happened too was I I wanted, I, I bought this house and I felt like all I had to, all I was doing was like going out to work to then pay for stuff in the house. And I wanted my home to be something that was like a little bit of its own little ecosystem, that it wasn't just like this constant drain, that it was producing things. And so the garden was obviously a given, and I loved to garden before that. Every apartment I lived in, I had little pots with tomatoes growing and herbs, you know, all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. Um, But then it was, then it just like continued and I continued adding things. And then I found myself with like, you know, hundreds of worms in a bin, like eating compost, you know, it's like all these (laughs) things that you do. And, um... And then the blog was about documenting that, but it's true. I mean, I think if you can find yourself loving and and doing things with intention in your home and doing those like tasks and you can be present for them, then anything can be a moving meditation. So this idea of like having to sit down and kind of like on this pillow and ohm and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that's, I think that's great for if people are like, that is where I like really get filled up. I am like, sit on the pillow and meditate. I mean, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, my life is a little bit different than that, where I have different ways that I would like to reach that, um, 
just reach that feeling of being 100% present. And isn't that what meditation is? Meditation is a practice of being present in the moment. Um, and that's, that's exactly what it is. And you can find that in different ways. Cooking is a big way that I find that, which I know you do. Gardening is a huge thing. Like there's just nothing better for me than spending a little bit of time out in the garden. And, um, and having my hands in the dirt and like feeling the leaves. And then like, I love it's, this sounds so weird, but I love two of my, my two favorite things in the garden are touching leaves and then smelling my fingers. Which sounds yeah, like a Saturday so. night live sketch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Because I just like, I'm love. Like I just, when I see like Rosemary, like I just, even if I'm like at a restaurant and they have herbs growing outside, like I have to touch them. I have to touch yes. them. I have to like, Oh, just have to like breathe it. And I have to like wave it. And then I just love seeing, I love vining vegetables. I love snap peas. I love squash. I love, you know, cucumbers. I love all the things because my favorite thing is to see those little tendrils come out from the vine. And then the next day or even like an hour later, I'll go back and see that it's totally wrapped around the trellis. And then I'm like... You are amazing. You're amazing. Like, how do you do this? How do you know? And it all comes from this one little seed. And and I think gardening for me and watching plants grow, it just helps me. It it helps me feel simultaneously significant and insignificant, which to me is like the most beautiful balance and is exactly how I want to feel. I want to feel like I am important and that I can take a tiny seed and grow it and I can provide for my family and I can enjoy my life. And at the same time, I also want to feel totally insignificant that I am just one tiny speck of life Mm -hmm. on a giant planet that is teeming with billions and billions and billions of life forms. And so that feeling of feeling significant means that, you know, what I do matters. And on the other hand, in the whole scheme of things, what I do doesn't matter. And it's so freeing. It's like an awe. It's the strangest juxtaposition that is always how I like to feel. And I, I first started feeling that when I was in the garden. And so I think that is, I certainly couldn't articulate it when I started first started feeling that. But as I've gotten older and as I've spent more time growing things that's been important and i just want to be clear too i mean i have a i have a bigger yard now but i don't have i don't have a massive space right now i have two big raised beds and that's it i mean this is this stuff all happens in a small amount of space i don't have a hundred acres out in the country you know i would like that someday but that's not what i have and um and so you can accomplish that really anywhere yes and the other thing too is you can accomplish it and feel completely intimidated and not knowing what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know? I still don't know what I'm doing in the garden. I don't know like, what, what I'm doing either. <laughs> I just kind of, of it. it is, it totally is. And even with the cooking as well, you know, just really just finding the good ingredients. I remember when I finally decided I am going to learn how to cook and I read this this awesome book called Think Like a Chef. And I think it was in there, but it was just like, well, you have to learn to cook by cooking. Like it's gonna take a while. And I'm like, what? I wanna know immediately how to cook. Like, I don't wanna have to like wait. And really it, you know, 
you do. And I Mm -hmm. had to learn and just practice and keep doing it. And but it's really this just like the food is nourishing and more delicious and fulfilling. So is taking care of yourself in that Mm -hmm. deep way. And I remember you also sharing about the first learning how to cook when you microwaved oh. something. <laughs> when I set my microwave on fire, Laura, is that what yes. you're referring yes. to? Yes, yes. You want to bring up that painful memory here? No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, I had no idea how to cook. And I always, yeah. I never even thought that I would be interested in cooking. I mean, I do. I remember my mom teaching me how to make a bechamel sauce and how to make mm-hmm. a homemade bechamel, you know, which is just you make a roux with the flour and the butter and then you add in milk or cream and then you mm-hmm. whisk the heck out of it because my mom was like, you can't get any lumps. And then I remember learning how to make that and, and making homemade mac and cheese, which was like to mm-hmm. me like the greatest thing ever. I still think mac and cheese is like the greatest food in the world. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. It's wonderful. But, um, but that... I remember learning how to make that, but I also thought like, I'm going to have a job. Like I'm going to be where I don't even know if I want to have kids. Like I want to be, I'm going to be like a career person. I'm going to be like a television personality. I want to like work in a major market. I'm going to be like, this is what I'm going to prioritize. And, um, and I do think, you know, that's like a sign of the times, you know, I was raised in the eighties and nineties and, um, my mom wasn't raised with any sort of career aspirations. It was like, you're going to be, you could be a teacher or you could be a nurse. And I mean, those are wonderful professions, but it's also mm-hmm. not, wasn't like you had a, you wasn't like me where you could have a hundred different options of what you wanted right. to do as an mm-hmm. adult, you know, as, as a woman, it was much more limited then. Um, but also, you know, that idea of homemaking was really minimized. I mean, it was mm-hmm. culturally minimized. It was culturally looked down on. I think we're still mm-hmm. kind of struggling with that. But then in particular, even just like, like if your mom doesn't didn't work, then she was like looked down on as like she hadn't done anything with her life. It's like mm-hmm. so that was unfortunately, I think the consequence, the unintended consequence of women being provided with more opportunities meant that the thing that women had been doing for so long was minimized and demonized and seen as not worth anything. And it was also a great way for large food companies to then market tons of convenience products. Because if we made it seem like women shouldn't be in the kitchen, you could be out working, you could be out living your best life. Like you should be wearing high heels and pencil skirts and out like in the Mm -hmm. boardroom or whatever then somebody still had to, people still had to eat. And so Mm -hmm. it was, look how much easier we're making it because we made this convenience product. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I talk about when I think about like making decisions. And I work in television, which is supported by advertising. So I am very, you know, I think advertising works. It lets people know about products. I mean, I think we have a very inventive society because we're so open to new ideas and new products, but we also have to remember that there is an agenda that there that someone is trying to sell you something and so we have to be thoughtful about that so you know i think getting back to valuing i mean that's a lot about what we talk about on the podcast best to the nest valuing our home valuing our time there treasure not even i mean just treasuring it and savoring it and understanding that the tasks that we complete at home are mm-hmm. very important and are worthwhile and any woman now will tell you that because 
today we're in a situation where most women, American women are working outside the home and still taking on 80% of the work at the home. And then you start to go, oh, well, no wonder we all like need a therapist. We're going to crack. We got like, you know, I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you do it all? You know, back then it was like, you can do it all. And then it was, oh, great. I'll do it all. Oh, wait, now I have to do it all. How can mm -hmm. I, how can I possibly do it all? So that simplifying and valuing the home and um, and understanding that like creating and making nourishing food for our family is, I mean, that's the number one most important thing that you can do. You can't do anything mm -hmm. if you aren't well fed. Mm -hmm. You can't reach your potential. Mm -hmm. You can't no, be your best. You can't love your life. You can't enjoy your life if you aren't well fed. And we're so blessed to live in a country where we have access to great food. Um, but boy, we've really we've really like the bigger system is is pretty messed up and it's up to us as individuals to make a change so with that beautiful oh th that's the second time i've almost been sobbing with you <laughs> this is why everyone oh, loves you but to leave everyone what would be your greatest benefit that oh gosh well, number one, they don't all love me, by the way, Laura. They post on Facebook. They don't all, I'm telling you. What? And I, my email inbox would tell you otherwise. People have a lot of opinions, but that's, that's oh my. neither here nor there. Then you know you're doing something oh, right. Um, well, I think, I think my greatest benefit, and I learned this a long time ago. You know, when I worked, my first job in television news was 20 years ago. I was the anchor. I started as a reporter and then I became an anchor of a morning show in Duluth, Minnesota. I had very little money um, and I was waking up at 1.30 in the morning so that I could go and do this job. And I really then started to realize, boy, if I don't fuel my body well, I I can't do this. Like I wake up at 1.30 in the morning for a job that I don't even know what I'm doing and I... <laughs> I'm like very stressed and you know, whatever. So I started to learn that was, that was a fundamental, a big thing. Um, and so I really started to shift that and learning to cook was a big thing in terms of start. I started with soups. Soups were huge. And, and this is probably why I'm like so attached to bone broth, but like soup was my savior that if I, if I, when I learned how to make soup, that was where I got the most confidence in the kitchen because it was simple. It was like vegetables, meats, aromatics in broth, like how, how much easier can it get? But you've got unlimited combinations and they're really forgiving and you and can you taste can as you go and you can yes. freeze things. And mm -hmm. so those have been the biggest things. Um, but I think just, I, I feel I, I live, I, I accomplish a lot. You know, I have three kids. I have a pretty high pressure job that requires a lot of me both really like emotionally and mentally. I don't think I could function at this level if I wasn't really thoughtful about like what I'm putting in and on my body. I just, mm -hmm. I just don't think that this would be the output that I would be able to give and, or that I would have been able to sustain. And I know that because there's been times in my life when I haven't been as intentional about it and mm -hmm. I've paid the price. Mm -hmm. So I think wanting to feel your best and wanting to be at your sharpest and wanting and then just wanting to enjoy your life is mm -hmm. you can't accomplish those things if you're not nourished. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, and it's just, and it's fun. It's like, oh, I'm always <laughs> learning. It's really fun. It's, I'm always learning. I'm always like firing back text messages to my sisters and we're going, oh my gosh, look at this cool thing. Or um, I switched to this or I made this recipe and every, and we like loved it and the kids felt mm-hmm. so good and it was great. Um, mm-hmm. So those have been really the, the greatest benefits. Yeah. And that made me think of too, um, if someone listening is just starting, what really helped me was eggs. Even though I can't eat eggs, I didn't know that at the time. So now <laughs> I've eliminated them just because I'm like for my uh, autoimmune. But at the time, like going from just eating chips or something, <laughs> eggs was, a that was amazing because they're not as intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different ways you can prepare them. You can make them into muffins and freeze them and pull them out as a fast food. Um, they're pretty easy and affordable to find some good eggs yeah. or, you know, you can have your own chickens, things like that. That's so very fun. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. So will you come back again? I will like, come back. There's so many things that I would love to keep talking to you about. We're so grateful that you shared your time with us though today. I literally oh. was felt like sobbing. I mean, the things that you say are just um, really come from your experience. You you can tell that you've really done this and can have felt the soaring in your own life from yeah. the benefit of nourishing yourself. It's a big it's a big deal. And I always just I always want to remind people that, you know, with an and I think you do such a great job of this because you just never, you know, you don't, your face doesn't even reveal things. Like if you see someone using a product that you're like, oh gosh, you know, I mean, you, you don't do that to people because you can't, I never blame individuals. Like I don't blame individuals for making choices that because you're, you're doing the best you can with what you know. And then when you Mm -hmm. know better, you figure out a way to do better. And so Mm -hmm. as you, as you progress, there'll be things that you look back and you go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever. But, um, but I think it's a, it's a journey and every choice leads you to the next, the next right thing. Mm -hmm. And so feeling like I just, I encourage people who are listening to this to not feel overwhelmed and to try to not go, Oh my gosh, if I can't do everything, then it's not worth it because that's not true. And if you can just start living with a little bit more intention, you will see the benefits. I mean, I just went on a girl's trip this weekend and, you know, I had tequila with the girls and, you know, we did these things and, and it's just kind of understanding what makes you, but then I come back and I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to rein it in here. And, (laughs) and those are those choices, understanding what makes you feel good and what doesn't, um, and making the choices that you think are right for you, not based on what somebody else or even another company is telling you, because even you, Laura, like you might say, I think this is the best way to go. And someone might say, well, I'm not ready for that yet. Or that's not Mm -hmm. my, that's not in my wheelhouse yet. And that's totally, that's totally okay. Just listening Mm -hmm. to something like this and starting to become more aware of what you're surrounding yourself with. I will say, I do find it to be really empowering when you start to have fewer choices, when you Mm -hmm. start to look at like, okay, if here's, you know, the list of like, 
really great regenerative farmers. If I'm if I'm doing everything I can to buy food that's been regeneratively farmed, well, that mm-hmm. crosses out about 98% of the stuff that's in the grocery store or that's yes. available. So it it minimizes your choices, which might feel not great, but when you start doing it, you'll go, oh my gosh, look at all the freedom I have. Look at all the headspace and the mental space I have when I'm not looking in the cracker aisle at the 52 different kinds of crackers when I'm just mm-hmm. like not looking at those as food I'm looking at other things as food it's mm-hmm. incredibly empowering and it and frees liberating up and liberating yes. and yes. it frees up so much time and space and that's mm-hmm. what's really amazing so yes and then that's like what you said people are able to live truly their best life their purpose and because you can just you have the time and focus and yeah. all of these things are distractions that we're not even aware of. I know. So. It's good. Oh Listen, gosh. and if you got me eating liver, you can get anybody eating liver because I was like really <laughs> anti. <laughs> liver sales have gone up thanks to you. That is a Thanks miracle. to you. I like only... It's, it's, you're the one. Well, I, I adore you. I love Toxie Free. I love you and Bezad. And I just think... I mean, I just like crave more of your content. I'm always watching your videos. You just, uh, you just put such goodness out into the world. I want you to open a restaurant. You know, I want all oh. the things for you, and um, I'll just be here to to consume it because it's oh it's gosh. amazing what that's, you're doing. That's just what I was gonna say about you to end. I'm <laughs> like, please go because you're what you share is so generous and taking the time on your podcast, your blog, your Instagram. I mean, the, sh- the work that you do for your shows, all of this is so inspiring, so informative, and really so um, accessible and genuine that it's just like, oh my gosh, you just give your heart to everyone. So we're oh, so thanks. grateful for that. Love you. you. Thanks, guys. Love you. Oh, my gosh.